You are tuned into a Heads and Tails NFL Injury Report. For each week, we discuss the latest injuries and sports health buzz surrounding the league in an attempt to make football safer to play at all levels. Dr. Wazim Bush provides expert medical insight, while my buddy Josh Boyd keeps us up to date on all current events and provides play-by-play analysis. And my name is Kevin Song, and I provide the perspective of a former player with a passion for changing a football culture that nearly took my life. If this is your first time to the show, I recommend checking out some of the athlete and expert interviews that we have previously published on this podcast. For detailed show notes and videos from this episode, go to headsandtails.org backslash injury reports. Welcome to a Christmas edition Heads and Tails injury report. Uh, You're currently listening to week 16 of the 2018 NFL season. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Wazim Buksh and (laughs) Wat... I was going to say Dr. Josh Boyd, but you're not a doctor. But you could he be. He could be. Yeah, he plays not? one on TV sometimes. Play one on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We did last year. My sidekick right there. We yeah. did last year. Uh, all right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I'll take us through the uh, week 16 injuries. There's not a ton of other stuff out there. A um, couple hits and no calls that we'll, we'll go into. And, of course, as always, we will tune in or we will talk about the week 15 NFL way to play player of the week. Uh, to finish things off. All, All right. right. Sounds let's, good. Let's do it. So, to start it off, we got <clears throat> Tennessee Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota with a stinger. Okay, so uh, this will be mainly on Waz. He just got tackled and fell on his arm. But yeah. uh, the one th- the one thing, so it seems like he's got his elbow issue every other week, and this dates back to the second week of the season, yeah. um, or maybe even the first week of the season. I think it was it was a Dolphin game where he originally hurt his uh, elbow. Is this just one of these things where, I mean, we've said funny bone, we've said stinger, we've said a bunch of stuff, but with the ulnar nerve, is it just, is he so much more likely to just have it go numb on him yeah. when, when, he, when he falls on it every other week? Like, uh, obviously, he can't rest it. And when it feels good, I'm sure he's fine. Sure. But he's just more likely to have it go numb on him when, so, he, when he falls on it? Yeah, I, I think they're, they're utilizing the, the term stinger in a very loose manner now because there's no mechanism that that shows that this would be a, a, a stinger in the in the in the big in the broader sense of the word stinger stinger's um, like shoulder it what it is right? is a stretching mechanism on the neck essentially yeah. and so you pull uh the brachial plexus which is just a bundle of nerve roots that come out through the neck area and through the shoulder you're you're correct yeah. through like in the armpit and um Basically, anytime you stretch those nerves, you create a little bit of um, numbness, tingling, and uh, you can get these burning sensations down because you're hitting the nerve. It's akin to hitting your funny bone, quote unquote, right? You get that fiery shock uh, down the arm and you're just like, ah, oh, my hand is burning. But um, really, it's just that you've just hit the nerve a little bit. The ulnar nerve runs right in that elbow area. So Mariota has been dealing with this consistently. And he keeps hitting it. And so the area is sensitive. It's probably swollen. It's probably bruised. So anytime you hit it, it's more likely to irritate that nerve. And yes, you know, it takes a little while for that thing to to fully heal. And all that's going to do, all that it needs is time, right? The more rest it has, the less it's irritated, the better it is. And so anytime you irritate that nerve, you can get weakness in in the throwing hand your grip strength is going to be uh, a lot less um, and you're going to get that numbness tingling sensation um, in the hand so I think 
he literally just fell on there. And I think that's what they're referring to as quote unquote, the stinger. And, um, yeah, he's been what the second time that he injured it, it took him a, a couple more weeks. So he's going to give it a go probably in the playoffs, um, for sure, you know, but he's probably taken off this week. Yes. Yeah, so, well, they play, so this, they're the Sunday night, uh, special Sunday night special. They only win an in game. So they play the Colts at home on eight thirty. The winner of that game will be the sixth seed in the AFC. So it's but basically they're, a playoff. But they're game. in though. No. no. Oh, so they, then he'll the winner of the winner of that, the winner of their game Colts, uh, Titans on Sunday will be the sixth seed. Lose, All right. Losers so out. then he'll probably try to give it a go. But if yeah, he I mean, can't grip the ball. Yeah, it seems like it's like the last couple of weeks at least. It's take a couple of days off during practice. You feel good and hope you don't hit it. Because yeah. when he hits it, then like it's like you said, it's his throwing hand. So he can't he can't throw. So he needs to come out. But. I mean, we've seen Mariota. He's never been necessarily the most accurate of passers or anything like that. But when he came back from the injury, he was horrifically overthrowing people and just missing people. I mean, he was he was terrible. So. um you know this should be t- this will be tough. Uh, we'll see if he can go and he can grip the ball. He'll probably play, but uh, otherwise, I I would expect him to miss it. All right, <clears throat> next injury up, we got New England Patriots uh, wide receiver slash kick returner. Uh, oh damn it! You got this. You got it. Corderell Patterson. Hey, nice. Okay, Christmas, Christmas miracle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with a knee Baby injury, Jesus was sitting on his shoulder. <laughs> uh, with a knee injury, and it looks like he's kind of like banged his knee a little bit. But yeah, yeah, he uh, it was a little kick return. He tried to jump over a player and kind of lost his balance and just need went knee first, knee first into the turf. So it looked like it was a bruiser. Kevin, Kevin hit it on the head. He technically banged his knee. Um, I think it's just going to be a knee contusion. Just uh, I think he'll be fine. And we talked about girdles last week, and none of these guys wear knee pads either. Yeah. So no, it's uncool. Yeah. Yeah. As less <laughs> little pads as possible, especially for the skill guys. Yeah. And especially Cordero, he's he's known for his speed. So knee pads are just going to slow him down. I, I think like one of the most athletic moves that you can ever make is like hurdling someone. I think yeah. that like looks the coolest, and it's like a wow factor. But I feel I think like the, the risk that. benefit of doing it is like generally not worth it because I feel like it's an easy way to hurt yourself. You get upended, you do a flip. You, I feel like we're gonna start terminate Saquoning people because he's been having some spectacular hurdles. hurdles. Yeah, does he we land can't. on his feet usually though? Well, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it all depends on the type. Like Saquon's so low to the ground, he knows that a lot, of, especially the secondary guys have to go low to tackle him. So I think he's a unique in the sense that he kind of picks his spots with it, where you see some other guys just kind of do it too much. Yeah. And then they get a helmet can, right to the crotch. Well, <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of these guys can do it once. I mean, they're all athletic enough to do it, but you can do it one time, but then once it gets put on film a lot of times, then the other teams are ready for yeah. it almost as a, as, a, as a move. But Saquon, I think he can uh, kind of identify – the right time to do it where he's not all he's not really putting himself at risk because he can uh, like i said he can identify the guys going to go low on him and they go so low on him and he's already low to the ground anyway um that it's he's not kind of putting himself in as much a risk where there's some guys who just try to do it all the time and end up putting themselves in harm's way a lot more than they need to there was a running back in uh actually it was chris carson wasn't it um he he went up to hurdle got upended did a 360 and landed. He actually stuck the landing, and um, but it was it was 
very, very close. I mean, that could have been spectacularly bad. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I think you're seeing it in college football a lot, too. People are trying to make these spectacular plays, and a few of them have landed on their heads. So, Well, you know, you know who started that? Brian Leonard. Oh. Rutgers guy. There we go. That's like what made like, like hurdling cool. <laughs> Blowback. I mean, but the same type of thing as Saquon. Like he's a smaller, low to the ground. Yeah. People have to go really low to tackle him. So but he's it, got those giant legs. Yeah. You know, yeah. the power that he has. It, I mean, his, his leaping ability has got to be huge. All right, next injury up, we got Houston Texans uh, wide receiver Demarius Thomas with a, an Achilles injury. Yeah, so we've seen the Achilles a bunch of times this year. Demarius Thomas, older player. Uh, got traded Mostly the on the Broncos. older guys. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times it's on the older guys, but same uh, mechanism as all the other all the other Achilles. He's just uh, on air. Uh, he looks like they were running a screen past the Hopkins, and he's uh, like made a cut to fake and then went to go make a block, and he just he just goes down. So, I mean, it's just not much to it. It's just unfortunate for them and uh, for him. Yeah, it looks like a gunshot. Everybody, like they get shot in the leg, and then they just go right down. It, it's been the same thing recurrently if we look back at all of them. Waz, well, I got a question for you. So with the Achilles injuries – are you more prone as you get older? Like, do you have a hypothesis yeah. as to why it's usually older guys that suffer this injury? Yeah. So you you are you're you're more prone uh, as you get a little bit older. And any of us, the average age for somebody to tear their Achilles is someone in their forties, more likely men than women. Um, but in these cases, these guys are constantly um, putting strain on that Achilles. They're they're definitely dealing with Achilles tendonitis uh, or tendinopathy uh, throughout the season. The majority of these guys, runners, a lot of them have amazingly, amazingly flat feet. And, you know, it's, it's difficult because we typically will try to correct with some sort of insert in their, in their uh, cleats, but there's not a whole lot of room in those things. So um, you'll see guys just going in flat footed and that puts a little bit more strain on you biomechanically. And, if you strain the ankles a little bit, then everything else has to compensate a little bit. And so that puts more force on a compromised joint when you take a, a, a step. And imagine the force that's going through with their running and their their uh, speed and all of that stuff, right? So it puts a great strain on the Achilles. Yeah, that Achilles is like constantly under tension. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what you're doing athletically, yeah. like... It really is. So, you know, we see a lot more in these individuals, these high uh, athletes, um, and um, especially the older athletes, Rich, Richard Sherman. Um, who's the other guy that, that went down earlier this year? There was somebody um, somebody bigger that went down as well. Um, I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But uh, that's basically what, you know, the, the older you get, unfortunately, <laughs> we're more prone to this stuff. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders was his Achilles, but that was in practice. We didn't see that one, but there was another one also yeah, that we did see. Yeah, there was one that we saw in game. I think it was the Dolphins, but I can't remember. Um, but you know, one of my mentors, uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He actually had torn his Achilles. He was in his forties, um, and then the other Achilles, he stepped on a pebble, and it just popped. So there is no rhyme or reason kind of deal, but. As you get a little bit older, there's micro tears that have been happening, you know, depending on what your history was in terms of your athletic history and things like that. But, you know, you got to maintain stretching, got to keep the, the calves and so your gastroc soleus complex that needs to be a little bit more flexible. 
And as men, we don't necessarily focus on flexibility. So, you know, uh, it, you is get that more why men are more prone to that injury than females? Because females tend to have better mobility in those joints. Or? It, it's it's a possibility. It's one of the hypotheses. But we do know the tighter your gastroxoleus complex, the the more tension you're putting on that uh, Achilles. So, yeah. all right. Uh, next injury up, we got Dallas Cowboys defensive lineman uh, Tyrone Crawford uh, with a neck injury. This one sounded like it might have been scary at, at the get-go. But. Yeah, so it was, it was notable because they took him right to the hospital because of it. But uh, just from the video, it wasn't um, didn't look the worst. I no. mean, he was just kind of making a block, and, or he's trying to release from a block. He was getting blocked. He's a defensive lineman, um, and he just kind of got blocked and went down. So this one. What I thought this one was, I thought this one was a stinger, because if you look, uh, if you look at the block, his head goes back into the right, so he kind of like stretches the neck a bit. So I thought he had a stinger in this, and then he was moving all his extremities, so I didn't really think it was overly serious. But I think that they had to do this just as a precaution. Um, anytime somebody tells you, "Hey, it's in my neck." You you want to you start palpating along the neck, and if you feel any kind of tenderness or anything like that, you don't mess with those types of injuries. Um, you you kind of put the collar on them, immobilize the neck, get them uh, onto the board, and get them to the hospital just for precautionary reasons. Get a CAT scan, rule out anything any type of injury to the spinal cord. Um, and I think that that was what was happening here, just for precautions, which we totally totally agree with. And in, and he went to the uh, ER. He went to the hospital. Everything seemed to be fine, and he was released. And they called in an X strain. So I think that's I think that's what he had was a little bit of a stinger. Yeah, glad to see he's okay. Uh, next injury we got Carolina Panthers backup quarterback uh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, <laughs> I know this because uh, I was watching a video and they were saying damn. like, "What's the Cheater. only name that's like?" <laughs> I didn't like. Look, I didn't prep for. It. I just happened to be. It totally listening. was. No I wonder he was saying me 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 Heineke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the video Makes I was watching sense. when they were talking about him, they were saying it's like the the name that combines both beer and auto parts or something. It's <laughs> Heineken and Meineke. Oh, Heineke. very nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so yeah, that's why. I, was pretty flawless with that that uh pronunciation flawless, he says it's, See, that it's getting not, to his head now all right uh but he's got a, a an arm injury looks like he i don't know landed on his arm pretty hard i don't know what what the so <clears throat> he's the backup quarterback for the panthers so he uh he was taking over for cam which we'll talk about a little bit later um He's, uh, I think he's like a third or fourth year guy. He was a small college kid who got drafted by the Vikings. Um, so this is, I think this was his first start in the NFL. Um, and he just early, I think it was second quarter, just uh, threw a pass, got hit, fell on his non-throwing arm. And I think he left the game briefly and then ended up coming back and finishing the game. Um, but it was, the video, one of the videos we have is just basically him getting kind of emotional after the game about, uh, yeah, just well, being tough and I, wanting to be out there with yeah, the guys. Yeah, playing through injuries and the guys. Yeah, he was like, oh, oh yeah, near tears, like trying to. But to me, that that was proof of like, it. That's just the culture of sports. Yeah. It's like he got so emotional and and yeah. and you, yeah, you get it. But that's why guys play hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard boy. to like break that. Yeah, I want to say, and I think I think he's a. I want to say Northern Iowa, but he was he's a small college kid. Um, he got and, his big chance. Yeah, he got his big chance. So to him, like this is his. 
Uh, and this is why he's more, I think, more emotional than if this happened to Cam Newton in the middle of a game. Yeah. I mean, Cam's above it at this point. But this, this is his shot, and he does. He wants to. Hey, Ma. <laughs> Ma, I'm on TV. Yeah. Well, I think he <laughs> – didn't he get a chance last year, too, and, like, something similar happened? I don't. I, I don't think so. I thought that's I mean, what he was saying in that video, but he's maybe not. he's played in the preseason before and played well, and that's kind of why he's still uh, still around. But um, the injury looked old pretty. Dominion, not Northern Iowa. Like old Dominion, that's a good one. The injury looked pretty. I mean, when he went down, it looked pretty damn violent. You know, it was just like, oh crap! And the way that he reacted, I thought he had initially either broken it or fractured. And then when you go through the slower video that that you guys found. Um, that's on the link. Uh, you kind of see the arm land, his elbow buckles inward, so that valgus mechanism, and um, it puts a little bit of strain on that UCL as a medial mechanism, the inside of the elbow. Um, and so the thought process is that he hurt, at least strained, partially tore that UCL. It's on his uh, non-throwing arm, so that's why they put a brace on him, and he was fine um, coming back in. Um, but he'll pro he'll play through this. Yeah, that was a good video. I was just watching it. <laughs> um, okay, next injury up, we got a guy that we haven't talked a lot about this year. Uh, I guess partially due to injuries. I think he's been hurt. Partially due to um, injuries and partially due to the fact they haven't been very good, so they haven't yeah. really been. Yeah, but our boy Montez, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, Montez Perfect. Uh. He got a concussion, and he's got a pretty significant concussion history. He's got, I think this was his seventh diagnosed concussion in the NFL, and it's his second in three weeks. Uh, so I was just, I, we don't have a video of it or anything uh, in particular. We do have a video, which we'll get to. But do you guys think it's the style of play that, you know, I, to me he's like reckless out there. Yeah. And Dude, guys who are reckless, like, it shouldn't be surprising that they get a lot of concussions. Yeah, he is, he has no regard for his own safety, yeah. let alone other people's safety. <laughs> He's but, looking to hurt people. Yeah, that's it. And and he just and he ends up hurting himself. Yeah. But I mean, it's just. I don't know. We've talked about a lot. It's it's he's he, he's not going to change because of this or mm -hmm. uh, anything else. He's just going to have a shorter. He's going to have a shorter career. That's all. This is a means for him to get his anger out. You know, and you know this this video kind of touched off a little little uh well so wolf. explain the video first yeah so you want to take that video uh josh it's a really quick clip but it's just him coming off the field and uh the trainer for the Bengals is guiding him holding his elbow as he's coming off the field there because i'm sure he had concussion signs we don't have the video of it but i'm sure he was showing signs of concussion after the hit so the trainer is guiding him off the field and they're getting close to the sideline and he like it says he elbows him but he does just the old shoes him off. Yeah, yeah, they, just, the old don't don't touch me shoes him off to show that he can walk off to the sideline by himself in hopes that they'll put him back in the game. But it just he just snaps like <laughs> and this is the thing that really like, you know, just absolutely burns burns me inside. Like, you know, players start losing their cool and don't realize that hey, your medical athletic training staff is just trying to help you, you know? Our job isn't to keep you out of the game. It's to get you back into the game as quickly as we possibly can. However, we have to do that in a safe way, right? And don't be a douche. I mean, that's what this all looks like to me. And we see this constantly in the high school games. It all starts from high schoolers. There's coaches that just completely condone this stuff. You know, there's this one 
player. He's a diva on the team. He's doing this, doing that. Disrespectful to everybody, his teammates, disrespectful to the athletic training staff, disrespectful to, to the doctors. Doesn't matter. And the coaches get, don't give a shit. They just let him go back in the game and whatnot. It's garbage. It's an absolute pet peeve of mine. So, you know, you got to learn how to play the game right. You got to learn how to respect your teammates. You got to learn how to respect all, all, all the other people that are trying to do their jobs to help you stay in the game. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, bottom line, don't be a D-bag, right? Yeah, and I think it's really just like that. that is the football culture in general. That's why, like, the coaches don't stand in and say, like, hey, like, don't treat the doctor like that or don't treat the athletic trainer like that. It's because it's all a facade. It's yeah. all, like... He he might want to come out. He might be like, my head's killing me. I need to get out of this game. I don't want to feel like this, and I don't want to play w- under these conditions. But because of the culture of toughness, he puts on this show to make it seem like, oh, I want to do everything I can to get back in this game because that's what he wants his teammates to think. Absolutely. Um, and in the meantime, he disrespects a lot of people. But yeah. and that's what he wants his his coach to think too that he's tough. Right. And, you know, he's not coming out for anything, too. It's so, it's a culture that needs to change from from the coaching staff down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you just said. I think had a coach stepped in in like a high school situation like you explained or you experienced um, or in this, like those are the ones who tolerate it. Yeah. And that's and if you don't step in, you're basically saying that you condone that behavior. Absolutely. Uh, OK. So I don't, I don't know. I guess. Bengals are their season's kind of over, right? So oh, it's been over. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, don't know if I mean, play next week or not, they need but. to blow up that team, the coaching staff. You know, they they need a lot of changes. All right, next injury up, we got uh, Taron Armstead, left tackle for uh, the New Orleans Saints with a pec injury. No, no video on this. I just wanted to kind of discuss it with the doctor. Hey, because um, it's just something that I've noticed from uh, from a fan perspective. Um, so he's the left tackle for the Saints. He he missed the last five games with a leg injury, um, but he had shoulder problems in the beginning of the year, um, and he's a very good player for them. Obviously, left tackles are very important for every team, um, but he left the game yesterday with a pec injury. He actually tried to come back in, and I think he played two plays the next drive and then missed the rest of the game. But um, you see it a lot of times with the defensive linemen and offensive linemen um, with these pecs or bicep injuries um, that just look so mundane when you're watching the game. And it's injuries that you just can't play through. And it looks like they're just so easy to happen. Um, and they all of a sudden they're out for the year. So Armstead, um, as a left tackle, was just blocking the rushing D end. Um, and he's got his arms extended. And all of a sudden at the end of the play, he's just cradling his cradling his elbow a very not a ton of contact not 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 stretched or pushed to one direction not falling on um and that's all that's all it takes it's uh it's just a it's such a simple looking injury for the, these interior linemen that do so much damage yeah um you know with the pecs uh, if you think about it and and josh kind of mentioned it too was you know these offensive and defensive linemen all they're doing are kind of like pressing exercises kind of like bench presses right you're trying to keep the the defender uh or 
the offensive person or the defensive person away from you and just using your hands in a bench press type motion, right? So Taron Armstead, um, you know, he had he was dealing with a shoulder injury prior to, and that could have predisposed him to to this injury, only because hey, you're compensating and you're not utilizing your your proper uh, form and techniques, and because hey, something hurts, and then you just put your arm out a little bit wider and you put in a little extra um, uh, force on that uh, pec and it pops. So again. Um, men are more likely to tear uh in the general population um you know again anywhere from 20 to 50s you know we're doing a lot of bench pressing in the gym that's why we say come in a little bit closer with your grip um because the wider your grip is the more strain that you're putting on that uh or more tension you're putting on that muscle um the lower you bring the bar down to your chest the more you're putting uh a strain into that that uh muscle as well and you know, with the biceps, it's kind of similar. If you, it depends on where you tear because one, you have you lose all range of motion, you lose all power, ninety percent of your power. The other one, you can do and and return, just like um, uh, the the guy on um, the lineman on uh, the Eagles staff, uh, Trent. No, uh, either way, that that um, that lineman he tore his uh, biceps. I think he had a proximal tear and he, you know, he was able to, to kind of, uh, uh, continue with everything. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's all about how far and, um, how you're, you're kind of utilizing your form. You lose that form form and, uh, you put a little bit of extra strain on the, on the muscle. All right. Thanks for the explanation. Mm -hmm. Uh, last injury we got for this week is Eric Ebron. Uh, Indianapolis Colts tight end uh, with a concussion. No video on this yeah, one. No video of it, but it's just I thought I was it was interesting because it's a very uh, – this is a perfect example of fantasy football culture from, yeah. from from an injury. I mean, Ebron was – I think he was four or five years on the Lions, and he was the first-round draft pick, and he was con considered a, a bust. He did yep. nothing with Detroit. I think he had four or five touchdowns in, in four or five seasons, and this year he's got like 13 touchdowns yeah. with playing with a Andrew Luck. So, with that he's being said, he's on a lot of fantasy teams this week week was fantasy championship week um so while I, while I was going through twitter, twitter trying to find the, a video of the injury 95 percent of the tweets were emojis and gifs about how <laughs> ebron was on his fantasy team on our fantasy team in the championship weekend and he got he got zero points because he got hurt early in the game um obviously nobody cares about his health or well-being yeah. they just care about the money they are winning or losing uh this week in fantasy Absolutely. football so that's uh that's just what I thought was interesting about that. And I, and he's he's an important player for them. So. I was watching the game, so I saw the actual hit. Um, and what plagued Ebron with the Lions was the dropsies. He he was always dropping the ball. Um, and this, this pass, he was coming over the middle, um, went right through his hands in, uh, into his stomach. And um, the defender, Michael Thomas, came across and collided with him uh over the middle hit him up top um and his head just jarred back to the side almost looked like he had um hurt his neck a little bit and uh ebron just the ball uh came out ebron laid on the ground for a little bit then uh gingerly got up and went to the sidelines he looked like he was a little bit wobbly he went immediately to the tent and then they they just took him his helmet was off and he was walking into the locker room with the independent evaluator um so you know, it, 
Ebron, he's having a hell of a season for a tight end. I mean, 14, 13, 14 touchdowns or something like that for the year. He's a pro bowler this year. Um, you know, he's going to be evaluated. He'll, if he clears the, the protocol, he clears it. But um, it's going to be difficult, you know. They're going to definitely try to see if he can to get back to that game as it's we talked to, of the importance of the game. So. All right, we also have some injury updates. Josh, you want to take us through those? Yeah, we talked about the quarterbacks last week, um, and kind of as we suspected, Cam Newton, They uh, he was like, what do we do? Wednesday morning it came out that he was going to be – the Panthers were sitting him down for the rest of the year. They Kind of like we said, shoulders are – with any th- throwing sport, baseball, football, shoulders are really, are really tough, um, especially serious so- shoulder injuries. Um, sometimes they're tough to come back from. So kind of as we su- suspected that his injury was um, – more significant in nature than Rodgers, they the Panthers decided to uh, hold him out. Whereas it was funny because the Panthers weren't. I mean, their chances of making the playoffs were very slim. Yeah. They needed a ton of things to happen, but technically they hadn't been eliminated yet. Whereas the Packers had been eliminated, um, and Rodgers uh, played mm-hmm. uh, played yesterday against the Jets and had a really scored four touchdowns, had three rushing touchdowns and a rushing two point conversion. And his injury was a groin, so he was out there running around, um, but. With an injury like that, also kind of like we talked about, it's uh, it's something that you can play through, um, and probably not make too much worse. And if you do make it worse, it's not going to be worse the impact of having any, any your any, career, yeah, any any impact on him in the off season or going forward. And it is, and <clears throat> for from Rogers, it is kind of a bad look if he doesn't play the last two games. It's it's like they're giving him different treatment than they're giving the backup cornerback who's dug there's would could be dealing with muscle injuries that he's trying to play through um so i think those those two were kind of went how uh, we expected and i think rogers should probably play again next week i would imagine yeah um and then uh one injury we didn't talk about last week was todd Gurley, another kind of big fantasy i mean he got he was kind of limping around in the sunday night game but he but he played the whole game um and then in the middle of the week that said he was going to be questionable and they ended up holding him out um, I would be. I would expect them to hold them out again this week, yeah. and give them. They should have a, as long as they win, they'll have a bye. Um, so then he's getting three weeks, and he should be at 100% going into the playoffs because he's obviously uh, in the MVP race for the whole league. So he's a, it's a pretty big factor for for Gurley in their offense. But this was another had a lot of impact on a lot of uh, fantasy, fantasy leagues because he was priest probably the fantasy MVP this year. So a lot of people who were playing in championship games oh, yeah. have Todd Gurley on his team. Um, and it was uh, he was playing in a late game, and it didn't come out until probably three o'clock that he wasn't going to play. Yeah. So people were kind of scrambling for for not that you can replace him, but just to get Some somebody sort of else in flex play, yeah. right? But uh, you know that that L.A. Rams team just has not been the same since Cooper Cup went down. You know, it just the offense has just been sputtering. Whether it's you know Cup has been taking some pressure off of Cooks and and obviously uh, um, uh, Gurley and so on, it, it shows the importance of that number two receiver because you might have all the speed in the world with with Cooks, but you know it just is not flowing right now. And yeah, it's just it's amazing how much one guy can make in an offense, and everybody it seems like every team has that one guy yeah. that's at a different whether it's your backup running back who plays on third down, or whether it's your one number one receiver, your tight end, or your slot receiver. Um, there's just always a guy that uh, maybe it's your quarterback has a good rapport with and can go, always goes to on third down. And Cup was kind of that guy for the Rams um, that doesn't make huge big plays, but 
will make a catch on third and four yeah. that will extend a drive and they end up scoring a touchdown. Um, those are kind of the plays that the, the hidden the hidden plays that every team, every good team has one guy that makes. And when you just kind of remove that guy from the mix, um, they're not replaceable with somebody else on the team. So it's uh, you kind of hope you don't lose that guy. But you hope you have enough time to not replace him, but find a different way to do things to be just as successful. Cause uh, with like with cups injury, obviously he's not coming back this year. So you got to kind of much as it stinks, find and find a way. Going back to cam cam's breaking down. I mean, season by season, he's slowly starting to break down and you know, he's been um, a, a big runner throughout his career and so on. So there's a parallel Lamar Jackson, cam Newton there too. And cam's a much bigger dude than, than Lamar Jackson. So I feel that obviously if, uh, you know, uh, Baltimore keeps using Lamar the way that they are, he's, he's not going to last. It, he's not going to last very long as a, as a QB in this league. He's taking too many shots. Yeah, it <clears throat> doesn't seem like the running, the, the running quarterbacks ever do last. Yeah. Uh, Except Mike Vick. But even but even Vic didn't. I mean, he lasted a long time because he was he missed a couple seasons and they yeah. didn't play for a couple seasons. No, absolutely. But, um, I mean, he was still in the league last year. Kurt, right? well, he was the yeah. from an actual <laughs> number of years played. It would he yeah. didn't really play that long either. Yeah. Considering. All right, we also have some videos that NFL operations posted on Twitter. Uh, really, just one video, but they explained some penalties throughout the the week and they showed some helmet rule calls or what should have been helping rule calls so i will check out the blog post for that one uh if you're interested i was just interested to see that they posted that because i yeah. look every week to see what they're posting and this is the first weekend since like yeah. the preseason that they've like posted stuff about the helmet rule it's, and stuff. Yeah, it's getting a little more i mean like i said they've called it they call it twice last week they call it once this week uh, and that's kind of what i said last week is they want it to be a once a week penalty and mm-hmm. that's what regardless of how it was written and how it's being officiated, that's the kind of penalty they wanted it to be. Um, so they're kind of molding it to be that. But just the interesting thing about the video is they showed two examples, both from the Saturday Browns-Broncos game, um, and the one on the Browns defensive linebacker was called a penalty in the game. He lowered his head, made contact with the head, head-to-head. It was pretty, uh, I mean, from the from the rule, it made, it made sense, and they called it. The second video that they showed was late in the game, um, the Broncos running back, they dumped it off to him and he lowered his head to initiate contact, just trying to run through a guy. Um, and it was not called a penalty and it was not even mentioned in the video that it wasn't called a penalty. All the video showed the hit said that that's a foul. And then they moved on to the next video. It didn't mention that it wasn't called a penalty on the field. It should have been called a penalty on the field. It was, I mean, it's, it's should we just call it the silly. smoke and mirrors rule? Yeah. Be like, this is a penalty. This is all it is. I mean, it's just really like. What's the point? You're not calling it consistently. You're not. I mean, even this ops uh, uh, video had much better calls than, say, the video that we're going to look at, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. 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 No, you I, know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, no, I, they have it's it in the rule book. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that when they started posting these in the preseason that they'd have it like every week. Yeah. yeah. Smoke and mirrors. Um, but they don't want it to have that much notoriety, I don't think. I feel you. We got some also some videos on some unnecessary roughness calls. So the first one is a hit uh, that Xavier Rose or Xavier Woods uh, got called for. What do you guys think about that that hit? Or yeah. what do you guys you want to explain the hit, Josh? 
I mean, this is a perfect example of uh, a collision that looks really bad. That they it is optically they throw a penalty on it because it looks like a big hit. Yeah. I mean, it's your it's your slot wide receiver, your five ten slot wide receiver for the Buccaneers coming over over the middle and the safety, uh, depleting him, but doing it within the rules. He still caught the ball. Yeah, and it it was it was it was shoulder first, head out of the way, uh, hit him in the numbers. I mean, it's. It's everything you can you can you're, you're supposed to do, but it was a violent collision. Yeah, I, a lot of times the violent collisions just draw, just draw flags, which is frustrating <clears> for fans. But uh, I think this was a good hard nosed hit. I mean, he hit him square in the shoulder pads. When I mean, great video again um, online, and when it slows it down, you can see it. It just hits him right in the shoulder pads. Bang bang. <clears throat> I think that's an. NFL way to play hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I, I also think that that I don't see anything wrong with that hit. Yeah. Didn't like leave his feet. No, nope. it, it was it was fine. Uh, then there's an, a helmet rule call. Uh, in did you already talk about this one, Josh? No, nope. this is the yeah. This this is one I don't think it was helmet rule. But you know what it probably was was the sound. I'm yeah, because sh- there was. So explain the play. So it was this was I think it was either Cooks or Robert Woods, one of the receivers for Brandon the, Cooks. Brandon Cooks for the Rams, who was running up the sideline, right up the sideline, and the safety came across. Moving too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're both moving. Or Cooks is fast, so they're both moving. So they're coming at meeting at a right angle, um, and the safety for the Cardinals, um, Trey Boston. Yeah, makes a hit out of makes a legal hit as he's uh, trying to get him out of bounds, um, and there is some helmet contact. And I'm sure the sound of it was what drew the flag. I'm yeah. sure because there because there was some helmet to helmet contact, but it wasn't. It was more of a glancing, glancing blow as he was as as like Boston's running towards the sideline and Cooks is running up the sideline and they make contact with each other. He didn't lower his head, um, uh, but it's like I said. I think that was probably called for helmet contact because they can hear it. It's it's uh, that's it's something that they can verify in their head. They can hear the. The plastic hitting yeah. the plastic. It, yeah. it was almost like a surprise attack, though. It's like there was a guy blocking, so he kind of yeah, yeah. kind of like blinded both of them to yeah. each other. So to me, I mean, the intent from Boston was to lay out Cooks. I mean, you, you, to lower the boom on Cooks, just to knock him out of bounds. No, I, I yeah. don't disagree with that, yeah. but I also don't think the intention was to go Hit. for his head. No, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. That's why I don't think that this was a great roughing the. Right. I mean, uh, didn't leave his rule. feet. Nope. Didn't drop his head. Yeah. No. I think just at the very end of it, helmets caught, yeah. and that was like I mean, like Cooks like the turtle to like protect himself. Yeah, the very yeah, last, the last second. Yeah, turtle, 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 turtle. Uh, and then we got uh, Clowney had a roughing the passer call. No video on this one, but do we have a picture of him like definitely lowering his helmet right into Foles' sternum? Yeah, yeah. So I think this was just more of a crown of the helmet because his eyes are in the ground in his helmet. But it was a it was a big point in the game. The Eagles were down down one, backed up deep third and ten inside their own ten yard line. Uh, Foles completed the pass and got a fifteen yard penalty, and he actually left the game for a play before coming back in. But it's just one of those I, things I wouldn't, where wouldn't be surprised if he's real bruised up on on his sternum. There, you guys don't have much in the way of pads there right i mean some guys have more than others but yeah. for the most part if you haven't had any injury there before you yeah. don't i mean now he'll probably wear more padding there yeah. the next well week for those frequent listeners to the podcast we have a shoulder pad episode coming up in the next couple of weeks so be on Ooh. the lookout for that one Ooh. with uh president bob broderick from x-tech pads wow yeah based out of east hanover new jersey hey and uh okay 
Next, so out of all those examples, I feel like the clowny one was like the most worthy of a penalty, and it was correct. penalized. Yeah. Correct. Just, yeah. Uh, next one that was a no call is a hit on Trubisky. I thought this should have been a call. Like, it, it was late. The contact yeah. wasn't violent, and he. I don't know. It, it looked like this is one of these hits where it was he tried to make it look like it was accident, accidentally on purpose, you know. So he like so uh, Trubisky was scrambling out of the pocket, going towards his sideline, uh, slid down, maybe a little bit late. Richard Sherman, which is just funny because Richard Sherman is, is is involved in all of this, but he's also so outspoken about the NFL and its rules and all this stuff. But he does not. I don't think he's a dirty player, but. Two or three times a year, he has dirty plays. Yeah, um, which is just remember kind of last year, ironic. like a hit on Mariota, yeah. like out of bounds, yeah. and like and he's always the one complaining about refs in the NFL and all this stuff. But he's he pops up once or once or twice a year doing this stuff. Um, so Trubisky's slide, baseball sliding, knee first, and uh, Sherman comes in like head first, but like chest, chest first, yeah. and like uh, it looks like he tries to hold up, but it was just so late that. I was kind of surprised. It wasn't helmet to helmet, but it was just it was unnecessary contact. Chest to helmet. Yeah. yeah. But I think he was like already sliding. He yeah. had already slid in three feet before yeah. contact was made. Like yeah. you, it could have been avoided. Correct. Yeah. I. You know. I. That's that's the bigger thing, right? So we're getting a rash of these too, right? So last year with Flacco's hit, that was a nasty hit, right? Then. Wasn't Philip Philip Rivers hit was um, on him sliding as well? Correct. Yeah, it was last Roethlisberger week, yeah. was sliding. Um, I think there was one on uh, Case Keenum, and then there was this one as well. Trubisky's hit, and these are blatant hits. You know, I, these need to be penalized more. The quarterback's already given himself up, and this the quarterback had given himself up, like you said, like three yards away. You know, he went into his slide. That's yeah. it. When he goes in, he's down. I think it was a good point to make that Sherman is a very outspoken guy when it comes to player safety, and yet he's still the culprit of a yeah. lot of player safety penalties. Yeah. And I don't think he's a dirty player, but it's just no. he, right. He just does. It seems like he just pops up once a year having kind of dirty plays. Um, I had a thought, and now I forgot it. I had one one other thought that's not related to this, which well, I thought talk was, about it. Maybe I'll remember my thought. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, the little dust up between uh, Taylor Luan and uh, uh, Josh Norman. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and uh, Taylor Luan saying basically that uh, that it's not his fault that uh, that um, Josh uh, Norman's no longer relevant. <laughs> I thought it was a great great comment, and as a as a Giants fan. I liked the little dig. So it was my dig of the week. <laughs> it's just also, I mean, yeah, it's, it was kind of, I'm sure people saw it. It was all over Twitter. It was kind of funny. It was after the game. Norman is sitting on the bench by himself after most of the team had either already took, take, uh, like gone uh, across the field to shake hands or gone in the locker room. Um, Norman's sitting with his helmet off uh, on the bench, like head in his hands. And, Taylor Luan, who also ends up in a lot of these dust ups, yeah. he must be he guy. He must be a talker because everybody yeah. on defense seems to hate him. Um, but he goes over to um, the sideline where Norman is, and he does this like Norman has this like bow and arrow celebration yeah. he, that he does when he gets. And this seems to be like the worst thing you can do in football is imitate another guy's <laughs> celebration. Like that's what gets. I them think it's the, the most, best thing in the world. That's what gets know. them the most upset is when you take their celebration. Yep. And then you imitate it. That's what gets me. That's what gets guys the most. So Luan went over and like pointed a fake bow and arrow at it and shot him. And 
Norman jumped up off the bench and spiked his helmet and like started pointing his finger in his face and it's just like threw his helmet dumb, at him. Dumb, it was hilarious. Just dumb stuff. Well, but. I did remember the point that I wanted to make. And Richard Sherman was actually ejected from the game after that, but not for the hit, but because he started throwing punches afterwards. Because I guess like last the, year, oh this game, yeah, oh in this game, if there was like a scuffle afterwards because it was on the the, the Bears sidelines, yeah, so everyone was getting all fired up, engulfed by yeah, and then Sherman the was throwing guys. punches, so he got ejected from the game because he was throwing punches like in the retaliation. Oh. It is it is the sign of a uh, of a good team is when your quarterback gets hit late and your entire team comes over and wants to fight the guy. Absolutely. Because that, I mean, not that that's play a good for the play. guy next to you. You play, yeah. for, play for the quarterback. And it's a really bad sign when your quarterback gets hit late and nobody, and nobody wants to. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody cares. He deserves it. It's a bad sign. Uh, but the, also the other point I wanted to make is you kind of talked about the Flacco hit yeah. and like from last season. And I said this the last couple of weeks. I know like now we're, we are at like the end of the season. And we haven't really had any hits like that this year. We haven't had any really big hits, like headline-worthy hits, like the Devontae Adams hit, the the Flacco hit. You know, and to me, that's just evidence. And even with the, with the Sherman hit on Trubisky, he didn't crush him. Yeah. He chested him. And, like, they, I do believe that players are changing how they play. And I think that's kind of why we haven't had a – week 13 of 2017 this year mm-hmm. um, with all these hits and we don't have sports illustrated covers with carnage and injuries all over the place and stuff like that. So I do want to, I do think that people are like guys are adjusting how they play. And I, and I think there's still, there's still progress to be made even so. Exactly. Yeah. It can still even get better. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll wrap it up this week with uh, the week 15 NFL way to play player of the week. And uh, this week, wait, are we saying Josh is doing it? Because who did it last week and they did a really good job? Uh, welcome to this week's week, week 15 NFL Way to Play Player of the Week edition <laughs> to this podcast. This week, the award goes to Texans cornerback Kareem Jackson for his technique on this tackle. Also, the Week 9 recipient, Jackson, is the first player to earn the award twice. I think it was a solid bang-bang play. I really do. Um, I think it was a, um, uh, you know, uh, Jets quarterback, uh, uh, Jets uh, receiver, I think it was Curse, catches the ball, turns around, and bang. And it wasn't high. It, wasn't, it was right solid into the body. Um, head is turned away, so there is no chance of that um, helmet-to-helmet contact. I think it was just a solid uh, hit, and Curse hung on to the ball. So I, that's my take on it. Yeah, this is like more in line with what we were saying with the safety undertones throughout the, the yeah. season. Highlighting good form tackles. <laughs> safety <laughs> undertones. Um, but all right, that wraps it up for week 16. Uh, hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season and ho 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 yeah we'll be we'll merry be kwanzaa <laughs> christmas and hanukkah we'll be back next week <laughs>